0: We're glad that you're here today. We've got a huge gape to the left of me. Our young folks are away at a retreat, and we want to keep them in our prayers. They're supposed to return this afternoon about two or so, and so we want to keep them in our prayers. I know they've had a great weekend, and we're very grateful for the time that they've been able to, sh- uh, to spend with one another. And uh, hopefully and prayerfully it's been time well spent. We are looking today at John chapters 18 and 19 as we think about the theme, the crucifixion of King Jesus. The songs that we've been singing this morning focused our minds on the death of Christ. And as we think about the death of King Jesus, I want us to look at what John has to say about this account I want to begin today by saying that in terms of history, probably the single greatest day in the history of the human family was the day when Jesus was put to death just outside the walls of Jerusalem nearly 2,000 years ago. At the same time, however, possibly the greatest day that the human family has ever known was the day that Jesus was put to death on Calvary. The reason being because of his death we live and we have the hope of life eternal. So think with me for a minute or two today about the crucifixion of King Jesus. I wanna begin by first and foremost calling attention to the condemnation of King Jesus. And I want to begin our study today by talking about the crowd before Jesus because John tells us that there were a number of people that had the opportunity to stand in the presence of Jesus during his trial and then later at his crucifixion. We begin with the ruler, that being Pontius Pilate. In chapter 18, in verse 33, John said that Pilate entered the praetorium and called Jesus and asked him a question. Are you the king of the Jews? And the Bible says that Jesus responded by saying, Are you speaking for yourself on this? Or did others tell you this about me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have delivered you to me. And then he asked this question, what have you done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate then asked again, Are you a king? And Jesus answered, You say rightly that I'm a king. For this cause I was born, for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then we have Pilate asking the question of the ages. What is truth? The Bible says when he had said this, He went out again to the Jews and what's interesting to me is that three times Pontius Pilate makes the statement, I find no fault in him at all. He says that in verse 38 of chapter 18, in chapter 19 at verse 4, and again in verse 6. Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. And the text says, I find no fault in him at all. So first we think about the ruler before whom he stood. And then of course in chapter 19 we're reminded of the Romans, the officers that were present on this occasion. And of course the Jews used the Roman people to carry out the execution of Jesus. And then we think about the religious people that were there, the Jews. And when you begin to think about the Jewish people, they were the custodians of scripture according to Romans chapter three. They enjoyed a covenant relationship with God. If anyone should have been able to connect the dots, as we say, and to have come to understand that this was indeed the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. They should have been able to identify Jesus. All of the Old Testament prophecies pointing to his coming. And yet, their response was, they wanted Jesus put to death. If you drop down and look at verse, well, in verse 6, the Bible says of chapter 19, when the chief priests and officers saw him, They cried out and said, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate, of course, responds by saying, you take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, we have a law, and according to our law, he ought to die. And why? Because he made himself the son of God. Well, he was the son of God. They just did not accept that fact. So, the crowd... And then John tells us about the chastening of Jesus. In chapter 19, verse 1, John, in his inspired record, tells us first and foremost that they scourged Jesus. The scourge would have been an awful form of punishment. They would strip a man, and then literally they would take a leather whip which at the end would have leather, or rather would have pieces of stone or metal fragments. And they would lay bare the back of an individual and many times all the way down to the back of the knees. Historians and medical experts have said that the extreme, the extreme Scourge. in many cases would have been enough to kill a man. The text does not tell us how many times they laid the scourge to the back of Jesus. But I suspect that when they got done with the Lord Jesus Christ, he was a bloody mess. And then, of course, the Bible tells us in verse 2 that they twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. The soldiers did this. I read that some have said those thorns could have been anywhere from one to two inches in length. And you think about taking that crown of thorns and placing it upon the head of Jesus. The head being a very vascular place in the human body. No doubt extreme bleeding as a result of this. And then they stripped him and according to John, they placed on him a purple robe. And the Bible says they struck him. Look at verse 3. They said, Hail, King of the Jews. And then they struck him with their hands. Which leads me to talk about their contempt of Jesus. There are really three things here that stand out. These people were cruel, they were calloused, and they were cold, indifferent. Imagine if you can the cruelty of scourging this man. Pilate has already indicated this man this man is innocent. Do you remember when Jesus was on the cross. And the text tells us that initially both thieves blasphemed Jesus. Over a period of time, however, one of the thieves began to soften. And he said to the other thief, this man has done nothing amiss. These people were cruel beyond words. callous. The Jewish people, the people that had seen Jesus, and no doubt, you think about all the miracles that he performed. The things that Jesus did were not done in a corner. Many, many people knew about it. Wherever Jesus went, multitudes, great crowds followed him, didn't they? They had seen the miracles, and then you think about, they heard his message time and again, and yet they rejected him, and as they said, we have a law. And according to our law, he ought to die. Why? Because he made himself the son of God. Do you remember Jesus asked on one occasion, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And there were a lot of opinions in that day and time. Some said, well, you're John the Baptist. Others, Jeremiah. And then there were those who said, Elijah, or one of the prophets. But Jesus then asked the question, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. In other words, you are the anointed one, the Son of God. And John the Baptist affirmed the testimony. He said he had both seen him and he testified, he's the Son of God. And so the evidence was before them and yet they rejected him. And then of course you can read in John chapter 19 when they called for the head of Jesus they wanted him crucified and they would not be content until the Son of God was put to death. Now there's a second thing I want you to see in our study today. It has to do with the crucifixion of King Jesus. Now the text tells us that Jesus and Pilate had a continued conversation. Pilate, of course, asked Jesus, where are you from? In Verse nine, John said that the Lord gave him no answer. Pilate then said, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And then Jesus said, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. And I find verse 12 very interesting. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But listen to the Jews. If you let this man go, you're not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out. And sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, early in the morning. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them shall I crucify your king and then almost incredulously the chief priest answered and said we have no king but Caesar can you imagine that as bad as they hated the Romans they would say we have no king but Caesar And so in verse 16 John said that Pilate delivered him to them to be crucified So they took Jesus and led him away. And now we talk about the place where they crucified the Lord. In verse 17, and he bearing his cross went out to a place. Let me just pause here for a minute. After the ordeal of the trial, and it was a mockery, Pilate gave the people their wish. Jesus could be put to death. So Jesus would have borne the cross beam. Some have said that it could have weighed up to 125 pounds. Jesus was a man, I believe, of great strength. He had been a carpenter, spent much of his time outdoors. He would have been a very strong individual, physically speaking. And yet you think about the enormity of the weight that was placed upon his shoulders. Matthew tells us as they came out, they compelled a man by the name of Simon from Serene to bear the cross. Jesus fell beneath the weight of the cross. Well, why was that? Well, think about it. Here is a man that has been beaten, as we would say to a pulp. Possible dehydration, the loss of blood. He's been up all night. He's been slapped and beaten and ridiculed and mocked. And so here is Jesus as he begins to make his way to Golgotha, the place of a skull. Luke tells us when they came to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. Just outside the walls of Jerusalem. Nearly 2,000 years ago, they lifted high the Son of God. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 18. It was at Golgotha, Golgotha that they crucified him. That was the place. What about the people who were crucified with the Lord? John said there were two others with him. The other gospel narratives indicate that these two men were thieves, malefactors. They had been guilty of crimes and now they were paying the price for their crimes. Do you remember Solomon many years ago said, the way of the transgressor is hard? These men had violated the laws of the land And on that basis, they were suffering what we would call capital punishment. They were being crucified. The Persians were a a people who were said to have invented crucifixion by death. The Romans, however, took it. The Persians used crucifixion. They were the ones who originated it. The Grecians, they too were people known to have crucified individuals. And then the Romans took it, and as we would say, they perfected it to an art. They wanted to see somebody die in agony. and So they got their wish when it came to Jesus. They crucified the Son of God. So we think about the pain of the crucified Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that I can fully appreciate or understand the pain that Jesus experienced at Calvary. I believe that the pain was immense and intense. I have no doubt that Jesus suffered immensely and intensely on the cross I would encourage you if you have time maybe this afternoon or one day this week Google crucifixion by death from a medical viewpoint and read what physicians have said about death by crucifixion you'll be amazed at what you read And as you begin to think about the Roman soldiers, as they took the hands and arms of Jesus, the spikes were said to have been possibly six inches in length, maybe three-eighths of an inch in diameter. And they took those spikes and they drove them through the hands of our Lord. And then they took a spike. Medical experts would say that they bent the knees of Jesus at a 45-degree angle. And they nailed his feet to the cross. Now you just imagine a six-inch nail being driven through one of your limbs. Can you imagine the immensity of the pain? Can you even begin to comprehend the intensity of that pain? And then they would raise Jesus up and he would hang on that cross for some six hours. If I recall correctly, typically it would take up to 36 hours for someone to die by crucifixion. The enormity of the pain and suffering, you just can't imagine. So then you think about the blood loss The excruciating pain, every muscle and nerve must have riveted with pain. And then you have this howling mob before you. And they're saying, if you're the the Son of God, come down from the cross and we'll believe you. If you're the Son of God, he was the Son of God, wasn't he? They questioned his sonship They questioned his sovereignty and yet Jesus remained intact on the cross. Medical experts say that one of the chief causes of death by crucifixion was suffocation. The one who would be crucified would gasp for breath and I'm told that those who were crucified would strive to the best of their ability to push their body up so that they could take a breath and you think about the anguish pain and agony that Jesus that he felt on the cross add to that Add to the physical and emotional toil of the cross, the spiritual aspect of it. Here is Jesus dying on a cross and the purpose of the crucified Lord. For just one purpose. Jesus died for sin, didn't he? Matthew tells us that Jesus cried out to the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experiencing separation from the Father. Why? Because of sin. Because of my sin and your sin. So what about the purpose of the crucified Lord? I would say that Jesus sacrificed his body for sin and for sinners. That is, he died for all of us. The Bible tells us that Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross. He was, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, our Passover lamb, who was sacrificed for us. He sacrificed his body for our sins. As we of the Lord's Supper this morning, you remember the night before he was crucified, Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. And he said, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then I think about Jesus sacrificing his blood for sin and for sinners. You see, Peter said that we have been redeemed not by corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without spot and without blemish. John, in his narration of the death of Jesus talks about the blood in verse 34. Jesus redeemed us by his blood. And let me tell you what, we could not be saved were it not for the blood of Christ. The Hebrew writer said in chapter nine, verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The blood of bulls and goats not sufficient to to take away sin, according to the Hebrew writer. And so Jesus answered the call of heaven to redeem us. There's a third thing I want you to see in our study. And that is the conquest of Jesus. The conquest of Jesus. Look, if you would, at John chapter 19, verse 30. The Bible says that Jesus after having received the sour wine, said, It is finished. Jesus could cry from the cross, It is finished. Jesus satisfied the scales of justice by sacrificing his blood and his body Now, when you begin to think about what Jesus said here, it's finished. The consummation of heaven's plan. Do you remember John in the Revelation talked about the lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Before God ever made the human family, he had a a plan in place to redeem mankind. And why was that? Because God, in his infinite knowledge and wisdom, knew that in making man and giving him or endowing him with the ability to make choices would ultimately make the wrong choice and violate his will and word and thereby bring sin into the world and thus stand in need of redemption. So when Adam and Eve transgressed God in the Garden of Eden, guess what? God had a plan already in place. So he began unveiling that plan to bring the promised seed, the Messiah, the Son of God into the world. And so over the course of time, God is building toward bringing his Son into the world. So as Jesus began his personal ministry, he could say, look, my work is to do the will of him who sent me. He could say, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Jesus came because God had a plan. That plan involved the cross. So in John chapter 17, in the shadow of the cross, Jesus could say, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. So as he hung upon that cross he could cry out for the world to hear it is finished. I have done what God the Father sent me to do. So I think about his cry and then what about his conquest? Do you remember years ago Paul Harvey used to have syndicated radio program and he would always tell a fascinating story and then he would say and now you know the rest of the story. You remember that? Fascinating stuff. Well you see when Jesus died on Calvary's cross that wasn't the end of the story was it? But every single narrative of the gospel Indicates that Jesus, three days later, was resurrected from the dead, wasn't he? Do you remember Matthew's account when those sweet little ladies went to the tomb? And the Bible says they were met by an angel. And that angel said, You seek Jesus. But he said, He's not here, He's risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Christianity stands on the resurrection of Jesus. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. So on that basis, and by the way, Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 4 that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, here's what you need to know. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, you too one day will be raised from the dead. And so, the conquering Jesus. I want to share with you a passage of scripture in closing. I think it's a special passage of scripture. Look with me at at Revelation chapter 1 for a moment. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, we have the words of Jesus. The time John penned this letter would have been a little over 60 years from when Jesus bore the brunt of of Golgotha. So here is Jesus. The time about 1895 or ninety six, some 60 years later, And here's what Jesus said. I am he who lives and was dead. And he said, behold, I am alive forevermore. He said, amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. That's the Jesus we serve, isn't it? And so, they crucified King Jesus, but we serve him. We're blessed to be his people. If you're here today and you're not one of his children, Jesus wants to be the king of your life. He wants to be the one who is your Lord. So what would you need to do to become one of his children? Well, just do what they did. What they did in the first century was believe that Jesus was everything that he said he was, that is, the Son of God. They willingly repented or turned from a life of sin as Peter commanded them on Pentecost Day in Acts 2, verse 38. They were baptized or immersed in water so that they might enjoy the washing away of all sins. And as you think about that baptism in water, it is a picture of a death and a resurrection, isn't it? We die to sin, we rise to walk in newness of life. And then we live faithfully. Because we know that by living for the Lord day in, day out, good times, bad times, we know one day the Lord will bestow on us the crown of life, Revelation 2.10. We want to be with Him in heaven. So if you're here today and you're not one of His children, I want to encourage you to come to Christ. Come to Him today. If you're here today and for whatever reason your life's not what it ought to be and you need the prayers of the church, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you with the understanding that God has the ability and the willingness to forgive all sins, 1 John 1, 9. Won't you come as we stand and sing?